It's Jen the Builder. And Corey. And we just want to welcome you to Take the Elevator. It's the first Wednesday of October. Jen. Yeah. What episode is this? Um, I think this is episode 17. 17. Holy crap. Who does that? I guess we do. We do. <laughs> and it's been so much fun. A blast. And it's just like going by so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So... October, there's a few things going on this month. Uh, first and foremost, we've got uh, the breast cancer awareness. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was really cool today at the team huddle. We I saw a lot of people sporting the pink ribbon background, people wearing pink, just to honor those and remember those. And then there's a lot of survivors. In fact, I have a couple of friends. We're going to see about getting them on the show. Oh, yeah, that'll work. Hey, Jen, um, can you uh, introduce or reintroduce the um, website? We have new content on there. Oh, yeah. So the website is jenthebuilder.com. We just put some vlogs up and we're do, we have a tour of Compose, Corey's music studio. Um, so you have the very professional version of Corey. And then you have me touring his studio like I'm at Disneyland. I don't know. It's what. wonderful. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah, It was fun. So, yeah, we're starting to get in the vlogs a little bit. We're looking at podcasting over YouTube. So, you know, growth, it, that's important for us. So that's coming up. Yeah. What else is happening in October? Our son's birthday. I don't think anybody's interested. That's in that. all right. Xavier, if you ever listen to the podcast, he's not a podcast listening guy. I'm going to try to get him to listen to this. Xavier, we love you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Zave. Miss you much. All right. So please visit us on jenthebuilder.com. And if you're not already a member, we would love to have you as a member so we can connect, especially on the forum. We'll see you there. Every day. All right, Corey, let's do one of our Would You Rather. My favorite. Yes, Would You Rather. Oh, and the people are answering on there, too. Olives. Everyone likes olives. Yeah. I'm not, over sauerkraut. I'm not big on sauerkraut. I think that's my next vlog. I'm going to eat sauerkraut live. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what number? Oh, I know a number. Can I pick one? Sure. 243. Why'd you pick that number, Jen? Our special guest today totally knows. So 243. Would you rather achieve a deeper understanding? Oh, are you kidding me? This is so apropos. Would you rather achieve a deeper understanding or a higher learning? I'm going to say a deeper understanding. What is the difference to you? Deeper understanding or higher learning? What, define that real quick. Higher learning for me typically means something to do with education, uh, something to do with being taught something through a setup system. Right, like you take the class, get the grade, and move on to the next. Right. I, I like deeper understandings of there is nothing new under the sun. So the more you understand about whatever what already exists, the better off you are, in my opinion. I love that. And I, I say, ooh, because it's so timing for what we're going to talk about today. I agree. I like deeper understanding. I like to stay in an area until that understanding is taking place and then build off of that and then elevate. Hello. 
Hey. I'm really interested to see what the people want uh, would rather do. Can you have both? Absolutely. You can, but not. But I think people choose either one or the other, sadly enough. All right, you guys. So again, go on jenthebuilder.com. That question will be there and we'd love to hear from you. And it's okay if you're about higher learning. We'd love to learn about higher learning as well. So jenthebuilder.com. Thanks. In the studio, in Create, we've got a very special guest, uh, a special friend. In fact, on the trailer of Take the Elevator, one of his stories was something that I, if I could bookmark a trailer or recording, that would have been bookmarked. Mm -hmm. His story, and I say that on purpose, his story, history, is what we're going to talk about today. And we've got the wonderful Vichai in the studio. Hey, hey, hey everybody. Hey. How you doing? We are good. And let's just get the, the bug out of the room. I've been waiting for this for a while. Oh. And I didn't think this time was ever gonna come. And I remember hearing about this story on when when we were recording your trailer. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought to myself, I really want to know more about this. Yeah. Not only because it's his story, but because I, I've been privy to some of this history myself, having friends that are of his same background. So let's let's start out the right way. Let's introduce Vichai and let him give a, a proper introduction of who he is and where he comes from. Yeah. Well, hey, everyone. My name is Vichai. I'm so glad to be here. I actually am in the studio. So again, I am an avid podcaster myself. Mm-hmm. So just seeing where the magic happens with Take the Elevator. I mean, it's it's pretty nice in here. This is this is. <laughs> how this is what um, being rich feels like huh? oh whatever oh. <laughs> does, the, whole point, the whole point is does it feel comfy like warm and inviting that's I, what we really want I love it I mean it's very it's very you yeah, very, yeah. it just it's just I, I love it in here but yeah thank you for having me I am very 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 eager to just share my story um, again my name is V Chai for podcast listeners I don't expect you to remember that um, you can just call me V um, so we'll definitely put that in the, in the intro on Jen builder.com so if you haven't um joined please join it's, so it's popping in there uh, <laughs> thanks for the plug right it was a wonderful plug yeah um i just want to remind the listeners the trailer that we're talking about of course would be the first thing that you'd run into if you go and take the elevator and i think vijay if i remember what i said was meet someone whose family went through a massive genocide mm-hmm. And survive that. And now you're here in America mm. and you're living and, and really thriving to leave your legacy. So um, first and foremost, I am a first generation Cambodian American. So my parents are actually immigrants. So they're refugees from Cambodia. They seeked asylum here in America. So I just want to say, first and foremost, I wasn't part of the experience, but mm-hmm. I've definitely lived it through my parents because they were firsthand mm-hmm. um, part of that whole ordeal. Um, so just a little background with what happened with that. So back in the late 70s, um, and I, I just don't want to even say his name because it's just one of those names you just don't, I, I, I never said in the house, but mm-hmm. his name was Pol Pot. So if you want to look him up, I mean, please educate yourselves. I, I'm no way promoting him, but Pol Pot, P-O-L-P-O-T, he was a savage communist dictator mm-hmm. and he ruled Cambodia for about four years. So from 75 to 79. And during his reign, he actually killed 1.75 million people. And that's 
20 Your people my people yeah my my mom's cousins mm. my you know my my dad's sisters you know it's it's hard to just say out loud i just i don't even like speaking his name because it wasn't one of those things we we talked about in the house at all the the crazy part is it just happened and he he just died in in 98 right so it's not it's not something that happened 100 years ago this is not not even generational this is something that's happening presently you know and so yeah. can i uh, briefly interrupt you there because I mean, we're talking about a man who lived from 1925 to 1998. Mm -hmm. He lived a very long life and a society that allowed him to continue to live after his reign of terror. Yeah, That's very shocking when I when I found this out. And I'm sure it's shocking to anyone that had to live and go through that. Mm. Yeah, most definitely. And it really speaks to my people, though. And just me, myself and my nature, um, just how I am in general. I am the type of person that if there's a spider in the room, you know, I'm, I'm the type of person who will just pick it up, put it in a cup and put it outside. So Buddhist nature, yeah. naturally. <clears throat> so is it surprising to me that Cambodia kind of just let him live his life? No, just because I know that's how we are. But yeah, he died of natural causes. It was, I mean, he did have some comorbidities. He did have some heart problems, mm -hmm. but he did die of natural causes. Right. So if we can just go back and set the scene, and you guys are more of the historians than I am. What I learned about him is that he was in France, educated there, took on the communistic way of thinking, really was drawn to the agricultural life in, in, in Cambodia. And we were just doing a would you rather. This is what's crazy. We mm. talked about deeper understanding or higher learning. I mean, most of the people that were killed, Vichai, correct, were those with that education. Mm. Like, even if you wore glasses, because yeah. it showed intellectualism. Oh, my god! Or if you spoke another language, you were going to die for this. And you know what's crazy? He actually lived, like, the later years of his life, he was actually blind. And he mm. refused to wear glasses. Wow. He refused. Even though it could have corrected it, he refused to because that was one of the things that he hated. So, actually, let me take it back. Yeah. Um. So, he... When you know, he actually was born into a pretty wealthy family. Okay. If you want to compare it to America, he was actually part of the one percenters in Cambodia. He owned fifty-two um, rice farms. Um, his wow. family did. He was actually one of nine kids, I believe, and he was the eighth child. So he actually uh, being well off, you know, and having that many farm workers, it was he had a happy life as okay. a kid, running in the, around the farms, having the farm workers kind of like you know, he's the little prince. Of the farm, right. right? So he was treated like royalty. Come mm. on. He got into school. It wasn't the best student. And and I, and I love that you checked your history. He did get to study abroad just because mm. he was rich. But he did get a scholarship. And I forget the university's name, but it was in France. And he actually didn't do well. He actually failed. Mm. He failed, came back to Cambodia with a vengeance. Let me oh, just say wow. that. Okay. Oh, that's so interesting. So, and then another thing I read too, Vichai, aside from the executions, mm -hmm. they were overworked. So he brought people from the city into the countryside. They were overworked. They died from diseases, starvation, of course, execution style type stuff. And in fact, there was a movie made from this whole story. I've never seen it. Have you, Vichai? What I is have. it called? Um, so there's a couple of movies. Um, okay. So the, the more 
infamous or famous movie out there is The Killing Fields. Definitely check that movie out. Um, Year Zero is a great documentary as well. So I will definitely want to talk about what Year Zero means. Great films. uh, But again, just tragic i mean atrocities that that we went through and just going back to just why you know when he failed he came back to cambodia you know he tried to pick himself back up and he really was he he became and he became a teacher he actually was teaching french literature Mm. uh to cambodians that's how he actually got his following people looked up to him he became a father figure and people saw him as a smart being even though he never had any real higher learning degrees to back him up. Mm, okay. So Vichak, <clears throat> tell us how this all began for your family and the process that they went through after he came into power. So I just how the whole scene. So another, I'm just going to put another plug in here. So Netflix, at first, They Killed My Father, great film that Angela Jolie actually directed. So check that out. When it first happened, um, Pol Pot and, you know, he just got his whole army together. Actually, there was already a civil war happening in Cambodia. Vietnam was already there as well. So there was already, they were trying to take over. We know mm-hmm. Vietnam was a communist um, country. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were trying to take over that land as well. Pol Pot and... Actually, and I'm going to say the king at that time, King Sanamoth, I believe that was his name. He was in cahoots with him as well. Um, he They love Marxism. So right. where, where did that come from? School. So he learned that when he went to school in France about Marxism and communism. But it actually takes it back to when he was a child. Everyone was equal. All his mm. farm people was equal. He was at the top. He was he was top dog he was the king right now he's in this world where city life and people were getting more educated people were holding higher roles and higher Mm -hmm. duties so he wasn't treated as the king anymore in his adult life okay now we're getting a picture of what's going on right the psyche Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so just to answer your question my family when when that happened they actually infiltrated they they took advantage of some things that were happening between vietnam and and the u.s you thought World world war ii was over no there was a lot still happening so there was some bombings that were happening near cambodia because they're neighboring countries and vietnam and cambodia started going against each other and the united states and then china also got involved paul pot actually took advantage of that and he's like you know what this is the time to really rebel and and let's, let's just take over the country which he did through fear and just saying that the United States was just going to bomb the whole country. Basically, that's how he instilled fear in everyone, even though that wasn't happening. Yeah, I read this crazy story that he told the country of Cambodia that the Americans were going to bomb Cambodia and all the officials and people left their places. And because there was no one in the cities, he was able to take over. Yes, exactly. So he forced them out of the cities. Now they're in the country, not really knowing how to fend for themselves. But what they were waiting in the jungles, they took these people, stripped their families away. Um, and this happened with my parents. My parents were um, taken away from my grandma. Well, when my father and my grandma were actually together, but they were all taken away put in different camps so they could learn agriculture, right? Taking it back to his childhood. Right. I just read this too, which I I can't say the name, but he was actually trying to rename Cambodia. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good, good history check. Yeah, he was. And guess what the name was? What? Democratic of Cambodia. He put the word Democrat in there, but that wasn't his idea at all. His political views was communism so it was, it was really to get everyone off his back yeah mm-hmm. we're gonna go back to that but when times like this happen Corey, you know how i am like there are things that just lead up to this moment and in fact the recording of this 
was supposed to be done yesterday. And Vichai brought up a good point and wanted to talk more and go deeper into this, a deeper understanding. Yeah. So there's that point. In October, we, we themed as dealing with our fears. And now we're talking about a madman who used fear to control people. And I'm I'm not going to steer too away from this Vichai at all, but I just want, I really want to say this, that there are people current day that are run by fear. Corey, you had a podcast about not drinking the water, mm-hmm. you know, and, and fact checking and which is what we've done. And it's really just opened up this door to like, wow, this is this is what happened to that country. But anyways, I'm, I'm just going to say that I'm really grateful for this moment because there were certain events that led up to this moment. And, you know, we had been looking forward to Vichai for a while. Yeah. And that wasn't the right moment. It's, that wasn't it's, the right it's this yeah. time. And and I'll say this, you know, facts never change. However, sometimes going back and reanalyzing and checking facts, you begin to understand that you might have missed something, mm-hmm. overlooked something, or mm-hmm. there's more to the story that you can possibly develop. I've even done that with myself in the podcast uh, that we that you're talking about. Right. I've went back in and realized there's more, and so I'm sure Vichai went right. home and realized like there's more to this story so Vichai when you did go home well mm-hmm. and you and you checked out more what did you discover you know what and again like gr- growing up with my family that name was not something you said around the house just because right. trauma is real mm-hmm. you know and and, and again I, and I really want people to understand he's the equivalent well I want to say even more so just because it was his own people yeah he's the equivalent to Hitler um so I really want to put that out there so for myself I was scared I was I was scared to to look him up just because my family was mm. so scared and I, I didn't want to understand him. Mm-hmm. I was I was blocked off, to be honest with you. I just knew my family's stories, but I didn't want to get to know his. So actually going home last night, I was like, you know what? I I have to face this. Like this is my history. This is my people. Like I they they deserve this. Yeah. And I and and I'm giving a platform right now to be able to share this story. So I really want to put this out there. And you guys can help us by sharing this podcast, even just this specific episode. Vichai, we're going to have you for at least a couple. And then a few months later, we're going to come back and build on this story. We really want people to take it in and not hear and be like, oh, no big deal. This is a huge deal. Vichai, you shared with me that during your research and, and mine too and Corey's, you see pictures and images of that time can you talk about that a little bit oh my gosh i've i've seen i mean i've seen the movies growing up so just just the killing fields alone Mm-hmm. Okay, so these people actually had to dig their own grave sites. So think about that. Think about you. You you know that you're not going to be living, right? And you have people behind you holding guns at you, anyways. But they're for they're torturing you. Mm-hmm. They're they're literally enjoying torturing you and and, and making you suffer. Those images is ah, you can't unsee them, right. you know. And just seeing all so the killing fields. Of course, there's mass mass these mass graves where you have all of these bones mm-hmm. just lying around. You see thousands of skulls in one grave site. You don't know who those skulls belong to. And that was a different time period. DNA wasn't a thing. It was a third world country. How are we going to know who this belongs to? I don't know. Is that my sister? Is that my is that my aunt? Is that my uncle? Is that my gr- I don't know. I don't right. know. You know, I never thought to ask this, but being the Buddhist religion, what what's typical when someone passes away? How important is it for the burial? 
Oh yeah. So in Cambodian tradition, um, so we do we do believe in um, cremation. So that's okay. that's one thing. But also we it's a whole celebration. Not even wow. that day of. We do have the hundred day um, celebration of life. So after a mm. hundred days, we come back together and we celebrate you. We have one point seven five million people that didn't get that. Possibly more than one. Possibly more. That's estimated. Right. So I got a question because a coworker friend of mine. Uh, he's Cambodian, and he was just sharing with me about how the minefields were set up and how even to this day you have Cambodians in different parts of the world. Uh, Long Beach, he pointed out that some Cambodians have only one leg and or no legs because of the continuous minefields mm. blowing up. And Can you touch on that just a little bit? Oh, I mean, we could definitely blame that on World War II. Come on. Uh, and who set it up? You know, let's. Uh, I'm just going to say who set it up. You know, who was at war? Who had who who built that friendship with Cambodia to be able to set up those mines around Cambodia to block off their enemy? So I'll, I'll just leave it at that. So there's the trauma that you talked about. And here we are 40 years later. And we talked about Pol Pot, who died in Cambodia. And even now, 40 years later, I just and I, I'm sure you know this, but I just want to share the oppression that's still on your people. Mm. I want to make that very, very clear because Khmer Rouge, is that how that, you say uh, it? You say it perfectly. Right? Thank you. So Khmer Rouge still repped Cambodia in the United Nations, and they were the only ones who repped Cambodia. In fact, you have a person who was part of the Khmer Rouge as a prime minister yeah. Still in that country. And he is the longest lasting prime minister in the world history. So it's, I mean, I'm even getting chill just thinking about that. It's not even about insult to injury. It's how much can a people take? And because he is the prime minister and still in, in authority, the people of Cambodia aren't even allowed to talk about it. They, they're they seen as conservatives and you're not supposed to talk about those things. So you, there's no release there's no healing that takes place, you know, in conversation and in a setting like this. Yeah. So what do you think that does to somebody that that even goes for people who migrated here from Cambodia? That fear, oh. they don't want to revisit it. Right. So they don't talk about it. Come on. Us being Asian as well. You know, we don't talk about right. mental illness. We don't talk about our problems. You know, you just move past it. Right. No, there is no moving past it. You have to talk about it. I, that's another thing that I want to bring to the table is me being a first generation Cambodian American and and dealing with that mm. dealing with my parents who went to through that type of trauma seeing people killed right in front of them not just people their family members right in right. front of them and then they're having to raise kids and never talk about what happened yeah yeah so I really want to I don't want to just dwell on this part of it because as important as this is mm -hmm. I want to really jump into how you guys how your family transitioned from Cambodia to the Americas right. and then how that's been effective and where yeah. it's brought you. Um, so uh, fortunately, because um, when they first did the transition here to America, just um, I'm talking about the Cambodian people, they allowed about 150,000 Cambodians to come to America back in the 80s. I just want to kind of put that in perspective. So just okay. that's uh, that's a very low number. So me being here, I just want to put that into perspective. Yeah, it's like the lottery, right? <laughs> and that's it how I literally. honestly, that's how I feel. To be honest with you, my grandmother, luckily, you know, she was married to someone who was in the military in mm -hmm. Cambodia, who, who was on the good side. 
they saw that. So she actually got priority to come here as well. Um, so when they did transition to America, they couldn't just come to America, though. Let me just say that they actually had to be a pit stop to the Philippines. Why? <laughs> Why? Because they because of the four years of trauma they went through, they didn't have toilets. They didn't have running water. They didn't know how to be a normal human. How to be civilized. How to be civilized. Okay. That's Yes, that's the With word. quotes, I'm putting my Yeah. So they had to go to the Philippines to learn to be civilized in order to come into America. So it wasn't even, let me just say, America didn't say, let's come over, everyone. No, it's... You pass this test, then we'll let you come in. Right. Get potty trained. Uh-huh. Get yeah. house broken and <laughs> Get then house... you can come over. Ain't that, yeah, ain't that the truth. So I find this uh, another special moment to me, which I, uh, with history, I am Filipino and obviously you're Cambodian. Yes. And I don't know, I, you know, who knows, like, was there something from our past that dwells within us that the law of attraction, you know, that keep that made us friends unbeknownst to us. Yeah. I don't possibly. Know. possibly. Possibly. Absolutely. So tell me how that affected you and your growth in being in America. Where did it lead you ultimately? I was lost for a lot of my life. I was raised by, honestly, by American media. Mm, um, okay. So, oh. <laughs> oh. yeah. So just, you know, the good old, you know, white picket fence and, and family and dog and that that whole ideal, you know, get a go to school and just magically get a job and be happy. Right. right. Magically. And I say magically because I didn't know how to navigate mm -hmm. any of it. Uh, my parents did not navigate any of it just because, of course, they didn't have it themselves. Right. Um, so growing up in that environment where my parents didn't deal with their trauma, their relationship was very toxic. Even myself as a teenager, why are you guys together? Mm. What's going on? Why do you torment each other? Why do you torture each other? So that was something that I went through and, you know, my, my life was and in, in, in dealing with that on a daily basis, yelling, doors slamming um, and, and for little things. So for our listeners who don't know, Vichai was born in America and um, was able to go to school, got his education. Even got his uh, degree here mm -hmm. while he was in, in school. Share a little bit about that. Oh, my gosh. I just knew that I had to do it. Well, first and foremost, I, me being a Cambodian-American and being able to be here in the free country, I needed to make sure that I capitalized on that and did the very best to at least get my education so I could throw it in Pol Pot's face. Like he truly hated people who were smarter than him. He hated people who did better than him. You know, if I was if I was there being who I am in the 70s, I would have been on the top of his list. So me doing what I'm doing right now is a spit in his face. And I don't mm. care. Makes me want to get a higher education now. Right. <laughs> I, might, <laughs> I might join that that crusade. And for me, and I just really want to just kind of give my purpose and why I'm here. I want to know. I just want to tell, uh, well, just the world, but definitely just being Cambodian American. I just, I'm a free thinker. You know, I'm educated. I am an intellectual. I am strong. I am here. And what you going to do about it, Pol Pot? Hey. <laughs> Elevate every day. Every day. <laughs> At Take the Elevator, you know what we say. Look up and let's elevate. elevate. <laughs> every